of you um, would say you travel a good bit. You might travel a good bit. Maybe you travel for work. You travel a, a few times a month or, you know, or so. I travel, I travel a decent amount, and this right here is my go-to. I'm a carry-on kind of guy. I'm not a check-your-baggage kind of guy. I believe checking your baggage at the counter is of the devil because... <laughs> Because they want to charge you for everything, don't they? I mean, you can't, you have to pay every time. In fact, the airlines are charging you for anything these days. Like, you want to check a bag? That'll be $35. You want to breathe oxygen on the plane? That's another $37. You want to, you want to drink? That's $15. Because that little six-ounce cup filled with mostly ice, that's what's got the airlines in financial jeopardy right now, right? So, so they charge you for everything. So I'm just a carry-on guy because I can get a lot in the carry-on. I did a trip to Israel, uh, 10 days all out of this carry-on, 10 days, took everything that I need, even like workout clothes, all that stuff for 10 days in Israel. And I sweat, we were walking through town, all that kind of stuff, 10 days, because there's some tricks, right? If you roll your clothes up real tight, stuff your socks in your shoes, that's a little, you know, tip for somebody. Uh, You can also take laundry detergent and and wash stuff in the sink. I've done that before, but I'm just, I'm a, I'm a carry on kind of guy. I go as light as I can. Now, when the Atkins family circus travels, (laughs) it looks more like this. In fact, if I'm being honest, I'm under visioning this for you. Because, like when my kids were younger, it's this plus strollers, plus pack and plays, plus car seats. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like this major fiasco, right, going through the airport. Like it's crazy with with all that stuff, checking it, taking it through. You got to put it on a baggage cart, get it all all to check in. Now, Now, you would think I lost my mind if I'm traveling by myself and I have all this right? Because I want to travel as light as I can, because I want to move as quick as I can, because I want to get right through security, right on the plane, and let's go. I don't want to waste any time, which is why I love flying out of Erie, by the way. It's like the best airport in the world, because you can show up literally 10 minutes before your flight and take off. I was in Atlanta this last week, and and I told Kristen, she's like, when does your flight leave? I'm like, it leaves in about 30 minutes. And so I said, I'm going to take a shower, and then I'm going to pack, and then I'm going to get ready to go. <laughs> because that's what you could do in Erie, right? Just kind of get your, get your, your boarding pass, TSA approved kind of thing, and just kind of move right on the flight. I don't want to waste any time. I'm going to go right by security, and I want to get right in. Now, when it's the Atkins Family Circus going out of town, it's a all-day, three-hour early at the airport deal. Because you got to check the bags, you got to go, go by the counter. And when they were little, when they were like two and under, right, you had to prove to them that they were a lap child, you know, so you weren't paying for their seat. And so you had to bring their birth certificates and all that kind of stuff. And then you got to go, you know, pay for each bag, $35, $35. This is why, you know, I don't travel with my whole family as much as I don't have to. Um, we're paying for all this stuff and checking all the bags. And then they're making you pay for everything. Then getting my family through security, I got four boys, right? And no matter how many times I tell them, empty your pockets, empty your pockets, empty your pockets. How many of you know, as soon as they go through the alarm, you know, it gets off. And then the next one, it goes off. And they're like pulling stuff out. They're like pulling pocket knives out and all this kind of stuff. I didn't know that would set it off. I'm like, that's the number one thing that'll set it off. You can't get on a plane with that. But we're going through there. And now they're checking for food items. 
Like, do you have a lot of food? And I'm like, I'm a dad of four boys traveling on Frontier Airlines where they charge you for everything, every little thing. You want to go to the bathroom? That's $7. (laughs) And so, yes, I have our own snacks. Like, we went to Aldi before we, you know, got on this plane, and we got, you know, snacks for the entire plane if they would like, right? So I have snacks, and so it's security. It's just just a nightmare. It's crazy because I want to travel light, I want to travel as fast as I can. I want, to, I want to get through things, you know, quickly, all that kind of stuff, because it's easier to travel light. Because this stuff, this costs me time. This costs me money. This costs me energy. This can cost me my, my faith in Jesus some days, right, because I'm over it. And so I want to travel as light as I possibly can. And so here's what I, I think about this as it relates to us is that we should only pack what we need. How many of you know we should only in our life, in our traveling through this existence that we have, just pack what we need. But I submit we have added so much to the baggage cart of our life that it's costing us time. It's costing us energy. It's costing some of us relationships because we continually pile on baggage onto the baggage cart of our life. And we, we, we end up adding unneeded, unwanted baggage. No wonder why we can't get momentum. No wonder why we can't move forward. No wonder why we can't, you know, fulfill the, the purposes and the potential that God has for us is because we're carrying around all these unwanted items, this baggage in our, our life. And it could be that maybe, maybe somebody hurts you. You know, you had a hurtful experience. There's nothing that you did on your own, nothing of your own choosing, but somebody hurts you. And that wound that hurts you was kind of adding another bag to your life, the result of it. Or maybe you did something that you feel shame and guilt over. And, and so it added another, another bag to the cart of your life. Or maybe somebody spoke some, some negative words over your life. And so you don't think you have any value. You don't think you have any worth. And what you're doing, in essence, is picking up another bag and adding it to the baggage cart of your, your life. And it's causing you to make decisions based on whether you feel valued or not. It's causing you to go from one relationship to the next relationship the negative words, the the negative acts, we do all these things, and as a result, we're picking up bags and adding them to the baggage cart of our life, walking through the the proverbial airport of life, carrying things that we weren't meant to carry. Are you with me? No wonder, right, you can't get momentum. No wonder it doesn't feel like you can ever, you know, have liftoff in your, your life. No wonder it feels like you're on this merry-go-round going back and back over and over the same old stuff. Maybe situations change or, or relationships change or, or the scenery changes. It's a, it's a new job, right? You know, but because the new job, you, you carried the old stuff with you into the new job, it's just happening over and over again. Or maybe it's a, a new marriage. But now all of a sudden, Right, Because you've not gotten rid of the baggage in your life, the same old stuff keeps popping up in the new marriage that was happening in the old marriage. Does that make sense? Maybe it's a new boyfriend. right? But the same things are, are happening now in this relationship. And I submit it's because you have scabs and not scars. You know what? A, a, a scar is a wound, something you've been hurt from, but you're healed by it. And so it doesn't impact you anymore. A scab is a wound that you continually, you know, gets revealed. You allow it to to constantly hurt you over and over and over in your life. 
And you can have scars and you can look back on scars. Scars tell a story in your life. Like I have some scars. I got a scar right here on my wrist. I have two screws in my wrist from playing soccer at college. Like I, I, I busted it and then I continually re-injured it because my, my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, right? She was going to be my future wife, uh, was my stunt partner on our tumbling team. Which you're like, what's that? It's like when you do like the whole cheerleading thing and you, you throw them up in the air and you catch them on your hand, all that kind of stuff. And I only did it so I could feel her butt, you know? So I threw her up like this. That's why any guy wants to be a cheerleader, just so you know. And so I threw her up and I would catch her like this. And, I, and my wrist was broken, but I just can't, I wasn't going to stop. You know, I'm like, ain't nobody else touching that. That's mine. And so I throw her up and I just continually re-injured it over and over and over again. Right? But my scar tells a story. So every time I look at my scar, I'm reminded of the fact that I was willing to endure pain for my future bride. Right? Are you with me? I have scars on my toes from where a, a dolphin, a stupid dolphin, grabbed my foot and held me down at the bottom of a pool, literally, and, and just ripped up my toes. Right? Um, and and it's, I, every time I look at my toes, I'm reminded of the fact that dolphins can be dumb sometimes. And so... They tell a story. I can still use my wrist because it's healed. Are you with me? I can still wiggle my toes. In fact, I'd say I'm one of the better toe wigglers that I know. And so I, I can still wiggle my toes, right? But because it's something that happened that's not constantly giving me pain over and over, I can move beyond that pain, right? It, it tells a story of what happened, but it doesn't continually scar my life. A scab is a wound that gets reopened over and over and over again. It's something that never gets resolved. In fact, I could say this about the last two years. The last two years that we've gone through, they can either leave scabs or scars. A scab is you're allowing the trauma of what's happened to you continually hurts you over and over. A scar is, all right, you're healed from it. It's time to move on, Right? It can leave a, a scab or a, a scar in your, your life. But some of us have been adding baggage to our cart, and there's still scabs. And how, here's how you know it's a scab, because when someone bumps up against you, right, everything falls apart. Have you ever, have you ever um, had a, an outburst at someone that wasn't equal to the offense? You know what I'm talking about? How, how someone bumped you. Can you imagine going through the airport and you have all this stuff and it's, it's stacked up, it's piled up on a, on a cart and then someone bumps it and knocks it over, right? And it just goes everywhere, right? You want to lose your mind on them. Okay, I want to lose my mind on them. Some of you ain't going to help me out today. That's fine. Like, I want to lose my mind on them, right? Because whatever is in your hands and is full when you get bumped, it's going to fall apart, it's going to go everywhere. It's kind of like uh, doing the coffee dance. I, I call it Sunday mornings. I'll get a hot cup of coffee, you know, and I'm out there talking with people. And then they'll, they'll want to come in, you know, for a hug and all that kind of stuff. And you do hold the cup out here thing, right? Because if it's full, right, and you get bumped, what's going to happen? It's going to spill out. So some of you, because you have so much stacked on the baggage cart of your life, whenever you get bumped, like it did not... It wasn't warranting that the offense that, that you, you know, the outburst that you had, it wasn't equal to that, but because you already had offense on you, you already had offense inside of you, whenever you got bumped, that's what spilled out. So it didn't warrant the outburst of anger, 
But because you are already angry, because you are carrying around this, this baggage of anger in your life, does that make sense? When you get bumped, right, you snap and you, and you lash out because you're already having that anger and you'll never move beyond that. You'll never get the leverage that you need until you are able to address and deal with this baggage that we carry in our life. You're willing to get to that place where you go, you know what, I, I thought it was a scar, but it feels like it's a scab because every time I get re-injured there or, or bumped there, it opens that wound back up again. And so I believe that today God wants to help us move our, our, our scabs to scars, things that have happened in our life that tell a story, but we're not still living out of that pain that happened a long time ago. My, one, one time we did go on a family trip all together, everyone, like a whole family trip. We call them trips when it's a family, by the way. It's not a vacation. Vacation is Kristen and me, period. A family trip is everybody, all right? Are you with me? Is when we all go, and sometimes we have to divide and conquer, right? Because, you know, the, the, the younger one will prevent the older ones from doing something or, or whatever. And so sometimes we, we split them up. But we were all going on this one trip, and we drove because we had everything. We took like, you know, bikes and all this kind of stuff, stayed at a little condo, a timeshare type of thing on a, on a beach and, and took everything with us. And I was loading up the baggage cart. In fact, if I'm being honest, two baggage carts, because whenever we travel overnight, we travel with fans, box fans, and every kid has to have a box fan. That's my wife's thing. You can pray for her. And so we travel with all the box fans, all the stuff, you know, put on the cart. And, and it was so packed so high, I couldn't see beyond it. And we had two carts. And so I'm trying to navigate this cart, trying to get it on the elevator to go up, trying to get it down the halls. And here's what I realized. Your baggage can blind you. Your baggage can blind you from ever experiencing joy. It can blind you from ever experiencing peace. It can blind you from experiencing happiness. It can blind you from fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. It can blind you. And so today I want to talk to us from a story in Mark chapter 10 about a blind man. A blind man named Bartimaeus. And I think we learned something from him about our faith and about what faith looks like. I'm calling this message Travel Light because I really think that's the goal. And I'm praying that somebody leaves here today a little bit lighter than you walked in. Are you with me? I mean, let's get rid of some baggage. We came to put the enemy on notice today that we're not going to continue to carry this stuff into 2022. I can't think of a better time than at the beginning of the year to set this down once and for all. And say, I'm sick and tired of dragging this with me. I'm not going to drag it into one more day. I'm not going to drag it into one more month. This is not coming with me anymore. Are you with me? Mark chapter 10. Here's what the Bible says. It says, when they came to Jericho, they being Jesus and his disciples. Whenever Jesus, you know, started going throughout the villages and the towns and healing people, as you can imagine, word got out about him. And so he's gaining a following. People are coming from all over. Crowds are forming. I mean, every time you read a story about Jesus in a town, crowds are just forming. It says, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. Why was he begging? Because his ability to gain income was impacted by his inability to see. And I would say this, his, his blindness caused a, a poverty in his life. His blindness brought poverty to him. And I submit that the same is true for us, that our spiritual blindness 
Our blindness, the, the, the baggage that we carry can bring a poverty to our lives. Colby, what kind of poverty? A poverty of peace? Can you imagine carrying this all the, all the time, everywhere? It brings you a poverty of peace, poverty of joy, a poverty of direction. You don't know where you're going. You're just adding baggage on over and over and over. It brings us a poverty. The Bible says we have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. But here's how the enemy does it. He wants to bring you poverty in one area of your life. And eventually he causes that to snowball until you're impoverished in every area of your life. That's what he wants to do to us. So Bartimaeus was blind and he was begging. And he was, he was impoverished because of his inability to see. Verse 47, when he heard though, somebody say heard. Heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see that exclamation point? He's yelling, he's, he's shouting. And because of that, what does the Bible say? Many rebuked him. They're like, shh, keep it down. You can't yell like that. You can't shout. Stop embarrassing us. He doesn't want anything to do with you. Like, keep it, keep it down. It says, so they, uh, and he told them to be quiet. But what did he do? He shouted all the more. Said again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. Call him. How many of you know it's an amazing day when Jesus calls you? Can you remember that day? Man, something in your heart, something in your spirit, you know, just cried out to Jesus. You, you recognized who he was and he called you. And he calls you son, he calls you, you daughter. He says this, so they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, came to Jesus and asked, Jesus asked this, what do you want me to do for you? Which is a curious question. Is it not? I mean, he's obviously blind. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith. Somebody say faith. That's what's healed you. Don't miss that. Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Jesus said, go. Every account of a miracle, especially in the New Testament with the encounters of Jesus, every account of a, a miracle was the result of, of someone obeying an instruction. That the miracle was always found in the instruction. It wasn't like Jesus was just going around throwing out miracle, you know, fairy dust everywhere and people would automatically get healed. No, the miracle was a result of them taking action on an instruction. So for example, hey, you know, I'm going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Roll the stone away. The people rolling the stone away was the indication that they believed Jesus could really do what he said he could do. Does that make sense? Or Joshua, you know, march. Get out there and march around the walls. You know, and, and he marched as an indication that they believed that God was going to fight that battle on their, their behalf. Moses, hold your staff out, right? And the, the seas are going to part. Moses' action, right, was holding out, out the staff. And so Jesus told him, he said, he said, go. Go, that's the action. Then it says, your faith has healed you. There was something about this man's faith. Something, I, I want this kind of faith. Uh, and how do, we, how do we get it? I think there's a few things we can learn from the faith of Bartimaeus. And number one is this, his faith was expressed in a cry. Write that down. 
His faith was expressed in a cry. His faith began with that shout. Jesus, have mercy on me. It began with a a cry. So here's Bartimaeus. He's blind. He's begging. We know our baggage that we carry, right, can cause a blindness in our life. It causes us to live in, in poverty. And he hears, the Bible said, that Jesus is coming by. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but you've heard this, so have I, is that when you lose one sense, another sense is elevated, right? Have you heard that before? If somebody loses the sense of, of sight, then their hearing is elevated. Or someone loses the sense of, of taste or smell, hello, COVID, right? Then other senses would be elevated. If that's the case, then the next you know, couple of years, we're all gonna have like supernatural hearing or seeing or something, I don't know. But another sense is, is elevated to compensate, right, for the, for the sense that you lost. So I just wonder if Bartimaeus had this elevated ability to hear. The text doesn't say that. I'm not trying to say that God's word says that. I'm trying to say science has led us to believe that that would be the case. It says there was a large crowd. It says people were, were gathering and probably whispering about, there's Jesus. There's the guy. He's the guy that healed people from sickness. There's the, there's the guy that, that, that raised Lazarus from the There's the guy that raises people. There's the guy that opens blind eyes. And I wonder if it wasn't in that moment that Bartimaeus heard that and goes, wait, wait, what'd you say? Wait, what did you say about blind eyes being open? They're like, yeah, he, he took some, some dirt and he spit on it. He rubbed it on this guy's eyes. He told him to go wash and he became, you know, his eyes became open. I wonder if it wasn't that exact same moment that Bartimaeus went, Jesus, right? Are you with me? Son of David, have mercy on me because of something that he had heard. And I would just say this, if we're ever going to get beyond this in our life, it's gonna begin with a cry out to Jesus because of something that we've heard about who he is and about what he can do. Something that we've read in his word. And I believe that the reason some of us don't ever cry out to Jesus is because what we've what we've experienced or seen or heard about Jesus hasn't been all that impressive. Because maybe you've heard that, yeah, a long time ago, Jesus used to help people with this. A long time ago, Jesus used to heal people. A long time ago, God used to move on people's behalf. And I would say that if that's the perspective that I had, about God, that he was a distant God, that he was a God that, that wasn't able to get into my, my life, into my baggage, into my mess of a life, then I don't think I'd cry out to him either. Like if I believed that he was a distant God and he didn't care about this stuff in my life, I wouldn't cry out to him either. But I submit to us today that what his word says and what we've said about him is true, that he is mighty, he is all powerful, he is all loving, he is gracious, he is forgiving, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, somebody, that in Christ Jesus you have been set free. And so I just want to declare that over us. We are seated with Christ. In the heavenly realms, that's what God's word says. And so because of all that, as we are walking through life with all of this, then our response should be, Jesus! Jesus. Come on, I need help with this. I'm desperate for you to move. I can't do this. In fact, here's another reason you should cry out to God. If you could have gotten rid of this on your own, you would have already done it. 
if you could solve this issue in your life of shame and guilt and past experiences and what people did to you and what people said about you, if you could do it on your own, you would have already taken care of this baggage. If you could have bought your way out of this, if you could have bought joy and happiness and peace, you would have done it already. But because we can't, Right, we have, to, we have to get to that place because it's no fun to carry that. It's no fun to, to push that around throughout life. It causes us to make choices that, that, that in the moment we think is a good idea, but on the back end of it, we wonder, like, like, why on earth would I do that? Why would I make that decision? You know why? Because that's how the enemy works. He wants to tempt you with this. He wants you to say, hey, just pick that up. That's not going to hurt you. Throw that on the pile, man. It's, it, it's good for you. And the moment you do it and you feel shame and guilt about it, you know what he says? God will never love you because you did that. That's the way that he works. And if we could have gotten rid of this already, we would have done it already. So the starting place for you and for me is to recognize who Jesus is and cry out to him. Our faith is expressed in a, a, a cry out to him which means we need something different. We need a supernatural power, a strength that's not of this world. We need the power that, that of Jesus who opened Bartimaeus' eyes to open our eyes to set us free. So he cried out, the Bible says, he says, son of David, have mercy on me. And then what does it say? The people around him, they were like, shut up, bro. Keep it down, man. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing us. You can't praise him like that. You can't worship him like that. You know what I've learned? Don't you ever judge someone else's worship because you don't know the hell that they fought that week. You don't know what God's brought them through. You don't know what they're begging God to deliver them out of, right? Are you with me? You don't know the praise that they have for all that God's done in their life. We should never judge someone else's ability to praise God. I know sometimes you're like, well, that person's being loud and they're being, it doesn't matter. Don't you ever judge someone else's worship? Because of the way I read this, right? The, the response of, of Bartimaeus based on the crowd around him, this was not a nice, well-curated kind of cry out to Jesus. Based on their response, they said, shh, keep it down. This was, not a, this was not a nice, you know, an etiquette kind of cry. To, this was not, you know, a cry that was just loud enough to get the attention of Jesus, but not loud enough to disturb the rest of the crowd around him. This wasn't a, a nice little cry that just said, Jesus, well, if you have time, could you maybe minister to my need? You know, but if, if, if not, it's okay. It's not a big deal. This was not that kind of cry. This was Jesus. Like I've heard about you. Like, I'm desperate for you to move in my, my life. This was a, a, a Jesus-stopping kind of moment where he got his attention. He said, I'm going to feel my way on the ground if I have to, to get to you. Whatever I got to do, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you got to get to that point where you're like, I am no longer carrying this in my life. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of carrying this. I'm not doing it one more day. I'm not letting the enemy steal my joy. I'm not letting the enemy call the shots in my life. I'm done. And I hope some of you today, you've just come to put the devil on notice that he's not going to add any more baggage to the cart of your life. Because the Bible says if you call out to him, 
and cry out to him. He'll respond to you. That he's ready. He's ready to move on our behalf. Look at Psalm 18. It says this, in my distress, I did what? I called to the Lord. I cried out to him. That's where you should go, by the way. I cried out to my God for help. He heard my voice. My cry got to his ears. I love that. It says he reached down, took hold of me, pulled me out of the deep. Is this anybody's testimony in their life? Can you testify that God reached down and pulled you out of the deep? And then it says he rescued me from my enemies. And so the great thing about about Jesus is he's already promised us. If you cry out, he'll respond. Is that not what we saw in the story? Don't, don't, Don't yell like that. Jesus! And Jesus says, go get him. Go bring him to me. Jesus, I can't do this without you. And God's like, good, because it's in your weakness that attracts my goodness and my greatness to your life. So we cry out to him. And not a little kind of religious kind of cry, a well, you know, thought through prayer, or playing, you know, church kind of deal. I'm talking about the kind of cry that says, God, if you don't move, I can't move. If you don't find a way for me to get beyond this once and for all, I can't move. And maybe that's where some of you are. This this might be a last-ditch effort for you today. You walk through these doors, and you're like, I'll give this one more shot. One more shot for God to move. It's It's that kind of cry. So Jesus calls him over. And I think if you will open your ears today, you'll hear Jesus calling you over as well. If you'll open your ears, he'll say, yeah, yeah, come on over. Tell him to come to me. That's what he said. And then Jesus asked him this, this interesting question. I'll have the band come help me finish this up. The blind man came to Jesus, and what did Jesus say to him? He said, what can I do for you? What is it that you want from me? Well, if you, I don't know if you noticed, Jesus, but I'm blind. We could start there. See, the smart aleck part of me, I read that, and I'm like, Here's where my mind goes. I'd be thinking if he asked me that, I'd be like, oh, nothing. Just wanted to say hi. <laughs> you know, see how things are going and stuff. You know, but he said, what do, you, what do you want from me? Can I tell you something? Jesus never asked a question because he needed information. Jesus didn't need to know Bartimaeus' need. He needed to know, did Bartimaeus know his need? Because you can't heal what you refuse to confront. You can't heal what you continue to tolerate. Some of you are tolerating this stuff and you're just carrying it. You're like, you're managing baggage. It's causing you to be exhausted. It's causing you to be tired, overwhelmed. Jesus didn't need to know his need. He already knew. He just needed to know, did Bartimaeus know? And so what did Bartimaeus say? He said, he said, I want to see. Because God won't heal the fake you. He'll heal the real you. Won't heal the fake you. So when we pray things like, when God says to you today, what is it that you want? Maybe that's what he's saying to you. What is it that you want? And we we pray, well, I just want to be a better person. Maybe God's going, okay, how about, how about try this? I'm sick and tired 
of these scabs not turning into scars. I can't forgive the person that abused me 20 years ago. I want to move beyond it. I struggle with depression and anxiety. And I I see myself as not worthy. And that's why I run from relationship to relationship to relationship. You know what Jesus says? Okay, I I can work with that. What is it that you want me to do for you? I I just want to be a better parent. How about maybe I'm so tired of blowing up at my children because on the inside of me, I'm always full of anger and frustration. And every time I lash out at them, it feels like there's this distance that's growing between us and them. And God says, okay, that I can work with. He won't heal the fake you but he will do amazing things with the real you. God, I just wanna, I wanna be, you know, I just wanna do better. He's like, okay, let's try. Maybe God, I need to be able to forgive and and let go of this bitterness that I have against my mom or against my my dad or this happened or my, my husband left me or my wife left me, whatever it is. He says, okay, now you've identified the issue I can get involved in that. At the end of the story, here's what it says. It says that he said, go, your faith has healed you. So he was able to be free. And it says this, that Bartimaeus followed Jesus. He continued to follow him. You know why? Because here's what happens. Sometimes you can, you can find something, and maybe some of you today are finding some bag in your life that you're like, I'm not carrying that anymore. I'm not carrying that guilt. I'm not carrying that shame. I'm not carrying that lust. I'm not carrying that that thing that's keeping me from becoming the person that God wants me to. And Jesus says, okay, I can get involved in that. And I'm going to free you from that. He's going to take that bag. He's going to toss it. But then what happens? You still got all this. So what do you need to do? I need to follow you. I need to stick with you. It says he followed him and he went with him. And as he did, guess what? I bet something else was revealed in his life. Just like it's revealed in our life. It's called sanctification. That's just a churchy word. Becoming more and more like Christ. He's revealing things in my life that I need to be free of. And as he does, he sets me free from it. He's like, I can work with that. But there's still more. And as I follow Jesus over and over, right? All I'm doing is I'm getting rid of this baggage, one piece maybe at a time. Sometimes he'll do it just like that. Other times it's this constant following of Jesus in our life that allows us to be free from the bags that we carry. It's following Jesus daily. You might be asking Colby, so what? What do I pack in this thing then? If I'm gonna travel light, what do I pack in here? Can I tell you something? There's only one thing you need to pack in here. That is the Holy Spirit of God. Because when you pack the Holy Spirit of God, you know what you're packing? You're packing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? This is all you need to pack. And sometimes in order to pack that stuff, guess what? You gotta release this stuff. So today in Jesus' name, you're gonna release anger, you're gonna pack the Holy Spirit. You're gonna release doubt and you're gonna pack the Holy Spirit. You're gonna release your frustration and you're gonna pack the Holy Spirit. Come on church, let's stand to our feet. Let's give God praise today.
God, we pray in Jesus' name today that we would be set free, that we are sick and tired of carrying baggage with us. And God, you have made a way for us to be free from the, the chains and the, the guilt and the shame, God. And you've, you've outlined that in the story of Bartimaeus, that as soon as we cry out, Jesus, we call on you, you will call us back. You will reach back out to us. So today in Jesus' name, I'm praying, God, that every person in this room or watching online that needs to cry out to you, God, and reach out to you, that in faith, because faith is, is action, is taking that action step, God, seeing you respond in the areas of our life. So whatever it is, get that thing on your heart, get that thing on your mind right now that you wanna be free from. And Jesus, we, we cry out to you. In fact, if you feel comfortable, just open up your hands because you cannot, you cannot receive what God has for you if you're clenched tightly to your bags. If you continue to tolerate those areas in your life and hold on to those areas in your life, you will never be free from them. So today with open hands, God, we just give them to you. God, we're trusting that as we do and cry out to you, you're gonna fill us, God. You're gonna fill those areas in our life that, that we fill with everything else but you. And so we want your spirit to come and fill us today, God, giving us love and patience and joy and peace. Our purposes for tomorrow, our freedom from yesterday's, freedom from the past, God, hope for the future. All today in Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here today. The gospel of Jesus is outlined in this story. Bartimaeus recognized his need. He needed Jesus to do what only Jesus could do. Some of you today are recognizing the need that you have for a savior, that you need Jesus to do what only he can do in your life. And that's to save you, to set you free, to remove your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. You don't have to carry shame and guilt throughout your life. And the way that happens is we call on his name, Jesus. We put our trust in him and our hope in him for salvation. The Bible says we will be saved. And so it could be that's why you're here today in this room or you're watching online. Put your hands down all around this room because I want those of you that wanna to respond to Jesus today to say yes to following Jesus today. For the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, you're just, you're getting your heart right. You're coming back home to Christ that you know it begins with putting your trust in Jesus and allowing him to, to free us from the baggage that we carry. If that's you today and you wanna to come home to Jesus and say yes to following him, would you right now throw your hand up in this room wherever you are? Hold it up high. This is the way you're surrendering. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Come on, I see you. Yeah, yeah, no fewer than 22 people in this room right now saying, Jesus, I need you to save me. Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me. You can put your hands down. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. In fact, church, let's pray with them together. Let's give everybody confidence and boldness. Repeat after me. Jesus, today, I give you my life. I give you my baggage. I confess you as Lord and as Savior. And from this moment on, I'm going to follow you with all that I have. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Come on, let's celebrate and let's sing.